let's go ahead. Let's let's make it two. Two in a row for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, another two-game win streak begins. We're on our way to 18 again. Yes. Yes, I swear it. Uh, welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Feels like a while since we've talked to you. You know, it's interesting. The Phoenix Suns, they played on Monday, defeating the San Antonio Spurs. And here we are on a Friday evening. And the Phoenix Suns are now playing again. Long gap in between games. Really felt kind of strange. So I know a lot of us have a lot to talk about, not only about the Phoenix Suns, but maybe some things that are going on in the NBA. So that's what we're here to do. Suns Jam Session Podcast. You know what it is. I'm joined not as per usual. No. No. That's not Matthew. That's Brandon, a.k.a. Suns Geek. If it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, you know he's going to make a video about it. Give it up to Brandon, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing tonight, my friend? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic, man. It's almost Christmas. The Phoenix Suns are winning. And you are right. That short break kind of felt like a long one. But you know what? I think the Suns did need it. And we we do play a lot of games up until now, till the end of the year. So it's... uh. I think that rest was needed, and I'm just excited to be back. And you know what? 20-game win streak incoming. You heard incoming. it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of to your point, you know, here we are on December 10th, and in the next three weeks, the Suns are going to play 10 games. Exactly. So, you know, the, take the break. Appreciate the break. Take a rest. You know, that's what a lot of us got this week. Unfortunately, my normal co-host, Matthew, is a little under the weather. Maybe, uh, you know, having such a, a long time off, he went out and did something and got sick. I don't know. I just know that he wasn't feeling very well. So get well, Matthew. We'll see you hopefully back here on Monday night when we do the post-game pod. But, you know, the guy who's always there to step up and step in is our buddy, Suns Geek. So, you know, we truly appreciate you, Brandon, for always helping us out, whether I'm on the uh, – uh, on the road and and in the airport or if Brandon or if I'm sorry if Matthew isn't feeling good we know we got you to hang out with us so we appreciate that and plenty to talk about tonight you know a 21 point victory for the Phoenix Suns over the Boston Celtics and it never was really close and I I love I love watching these games don't you like the the ones that are just like hey I can kind of kick it yeah, well, first off, once again, thank you so much for having me back on you. You know, I love being on the show with both you and Matthew. We all work well together. And if you guys are not already subscribed to the Suns Jam Session podcast, subscribe and Hulk smash that like button. If you guys follow me, you guys know to Hulk smash the like button. And yeah, this game was chill, man. I mean, it didn't really seem like much of a competition. You know, maybe later we'll talk about that third quarter where yep. I have some thoughts on that third quarter, but it. I wasn't threatened by this game at all. And the Suns did what they needed to do, especially after having, what, four or five days off. They looked prepared. They looked ready. And we got the win. That's all that matters. Amen. At the end of the day, another tick in the win column. We are now 21 and four, the best team in the NBA. The Warriors are trying to catch up to us, not the other way around. ESPN, get that shit right. So, uh, again, plenty to talk about. And as Jay Schneck says in the chat, the sixth man of the year that goes to the geek that goes to the geek. So, and make sure you subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. We're, we're, we're trying to get up to your level. We are so close to 2000 subscribers on YouTube. So close. Uh, how many subs do you now have on YouTube, man? Oh man. I was talking to Matthew about this on one of your past shows. Uh, it's pretty unreal, man. Almost at 5,000, which, you know, wow. there's, there's YouTubers out there that get 5,000 subscribers a day. But for me, that is a milestone. And you know what? You guys deserve it too. You said you're almost at two. 2000 and you guys deserve it i'm not just saying that because i'm on your guys' show you guys do a great job you put in the work literally every single game so shout out to you guys everyone subscribe right now now nah, much appreciated sons geek much appreciated so <laughs> on that note we do what we do here we pop open teeth cracking cold beers so what are you bringing you got a but is that a budweiser not a budweiser no, i've got a bud light <laughs> <laughs> this pod is brought to you by anheuser-busch so pop it my friend do it yeah and let's talk about another sun's victory this time over the boston celtics cheers Yes, yes, yes. Your Phoenix Suns once again win. Again, 21 total wins now after defeating the Boston Celtics by a score of 111 to 90. So, I mean, this is normally a, a segment for Matthew, but... 
Matthew, Sounds I geek. got to ask. So I'll ask you this one. You know, I always like to kind of lead off the show with a question to to really kind of start the conversation. And this is the one that I put as the game began because we know that DeAndre Ayton wasn't playing in this game, as was Devin Booker. They they were both out. And I think ESPN told us like 45 times. Uh, again, I'm on the road right now. I'm in Reno, Nevada, so I wasn't watching the local. I was watching the national broadcast. And every five minutes, they were reminding me that DA and Devin Booker weren't out there, which means that the Suns did a good job kind of uh, – fill in those minutes how do you feel the Suns did knowing that there's no da and there's no frank kaminsky that it would be javale mcgee that it would be jalen smith did they do a good job filling up you know filling in for the big guy tonight Eh, they did decent i'm just kidding no they did (laughs) fantastic and you know what i've talked about this before on your show and on my channel as well this team just shows its depth every single game this team shows how loaded they are and, you know, I've, I've said it before. I think this team is better than we were last year. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a few guys, you know, last year that I kind of want back on this team. But I think we are better. And especially in the center and power forward position, that's why the JaVale McGee pickup, and it's easy to say tonight he had a great game. But it's true, man. He has been playing fantastic for us, especially with games with DeAndre Ayton is not out or maybe DeAndre Ayton's only putting in half effort. You know, JaVale McGee was great. And you know what? With Jalen Smith, I'll probably say this a lot tonight on the podcast, but I mean this as a compliment. You know, those minutes that he received tonight must have felt like 100 minutes. You know what I mean? Just having that motivation, having that Monty Williams, having that confidence to for him to go out there and then for him to show up. I thought he played really good tonight. He was active. And that's all you can really ask out of a guy who's in Jalen uh, Smith's circumstances, which, by the way, we could probably spend a whole podcast on Jalen Smith, but uh yeah, shout out to the Phoenix Suns. They got the job done tonight, especially our big man. Yeah, I mean, that was kind <clears throat> of my question coming into this game was how are we going to perform knowing that JaVale McGee, who, I mean, let's face it, he definitely earned this drop tonight. Double O McGee. Double O McGee. He, mm-hmm. I mean... The thing that makes him such a great bench player is the energy he brings in short spurts. Exactly. You you know, you're not going to get typically an entire game of JaVale McGee or even an entire bench segment, if you will, bench minutes in a game of JaVale McGee of just nonstop kind of aggressiveness. Uh, I wouldn't go as far to say playfulness, but definitely, you know, somebody who's constantly and consistently engaged. He's going to give you of the minutes that he provides, probably 70% of them are going to be those engaged minutes. So that was kind of my question coming into this game is like, are they going to have, or is JaVale McGee going to have the capacity to really sustain that energy throughout the game? Or is he going to start off fast and fizzle out at the back of the game? And I think one thing that definitely helped this evening was Jalen Smith and the way that he uh, picked up those minutes when McGee wasn't playing that allowed him to stay engaged. So we'll talk about sticks here in a minute, but I just, you know, looking at how Jalen Smith, or I'm sorry, Double uh, O McGee, how he performed tonight, you know, ended the night with a just purely savage 21 and 15 on nine Ooh. of 16 shooting seven offensive rebounds, eight uh, defensive rebounds, a couple assists, a couple blocks as well. Tell me what you saw from McGee tonight that made him look so special. Well, I think another thing that might go overlooked is he did all that in 26 minutes, which again, you know, compliments to Jalen Smith for providing those backup minutes. That's great. But 26 minutes and he put up that stat line. But it, for me, it was really just Jalen or excuse me, uh, JaVale McGee's activity. Uh, he was, he, you know, he was grabbing offensive rebounds, not giving up on the play, uh, making three pointers. Are you kidding me? I know just what? having the confidence out there. And you know what? He had a couple fantastic dunks tonight. That's always been one of my favorite parts about his game. But one thing I've really seen from him all season, whether he's having a bad or a good game, and I mentioned this just a few seconds ago, just he doesn't give up on plays, in my opinion. You know, he will he will sky for the rebound. He will do the volleyball tips and all that, and he will just grab that ball. That's what we need, especially when DeAndre Ayton's out of the game or Dario Sarge, you know, he's out for a long time. We need that rebounding. We need that rim protection. We need that activity, and JaVale McGee was fantastic tonight. Yeah, and you look at kind of <clears throat> entering this game, 
uh, from a starter perspective, he had started six games prior to this, and he averaged 12 points and, and seven and a half rebounds. Not so bad. he definitely gave solid performances in those six games in which DeAndre Ayton didn't play. But was it, what was very interesting about a lot of those games were those were the games where Frank Kaminsky came in and really picked up the second team and provided those quality uh, minutes at the five that allowed for that sustained effort the entire game from that position. So he didn't need necessarily to be the aggressor because he had Frank, you know, he, and, and you could see the way that he started this game. He kind of was feeling out the Celtics. The Celtics really don't have a great interior presence. They have Robert Williams, who, if you ask Celtics fans, they're, they're a big fan of that guy. Uh, one of the things that I did a few weeks ago when I was in Boston is I went to TD Garden. I watched the Celtics play That's amongst. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was really, really fun. I mean, seeing all the banners, you're like, holy shit. And being in a whole new arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really kind of a cool experience. I went by myself. It was super lame. I was best. sitting there, you know. But but it, what, the, here's what sucked, though, is I had like I was sitting next to a family was in front of me, the whole row. A family was behind me, the whole row. And like no one in my row which is great because the seats right. were really small, mm-hmm. but, uh, but there was no one to talk basketball with. Like I wanted to like, Hey, what do you guys think of market smart? Like mm-hmm. just break that down for me. But you could tell from the, check out my that, podcast. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like handing out like cards, you know, cause let's see, where's my wallet here. <laughs> so I got one of these wallets here that, uh, this is great for the audio people, but it's one of these ones where it's like, you hit this thing and the cards come out, Ooh. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dope. But I always carry around in my wallet, little sons jam session cards. My man. Uh, to, to hand out i think that's how we met right like I yeah, you, you had one <laughs> you yeah you gave me your card one time i'm like genius this guy that's how you market i can't get the freaking card out check this out is- my card i got it right here there you go here's mine wasn't planned by the way guys for those who are watching on youtube uh, but you I gave just, me that card this is out of date i need to like up update this thing this is so old but <laughs> what's on the back of your card it says uh this is how old it is i'm going to cover up one part of it but it says <laughs> I'm probably going to make a video about it. That has now changed to I'm going to make a video about it. <laughs> well, the back of our card, if you flip it, it's a QR code that takes you to our YouTube page. Dude, I'm slacking over here. Man. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, see, I learned from you and then I perfected. Yep. That's, that's what I do, dog. I'll get to 5,000 someday. But anyways, being in that arena in TD Garden, you could just tell that the fans loved Robert Williams. Like that was oh, yeah. anytime he did anything. That was like when kind of campaign did anything or JaVale yeah. McGee. You know, he's kind of our guy. So when he does something, it gets the crowd hyped. But knowing that JaVale McGee was going to go against Robert Williams, he came out and was uh, extremely aggressive to start the game. You know, you look at the way that he played just just sheerly in the in the um, the first quarter. And he ended that first quarter with a total of, I believe it was seven points and nine rebounds, or maybe it was yep. the other way around. So first quarter only looking at the stats right now. Where, where are you at, big guy? Uh, I think at the end of the first, he had four points and six rebounds and probably one three-pointer made, which is crazy. Yes, which is nuts. Yeah, he hit, the, yeah. you know, you know, uh, JaVale McThree. But, but at halftime, 11 points, nine rebounds. Mm-hmm. So you really saw this, you know, aggressive, you know, and, and, and as you mentioned, the the effort that he gets on gives on every play is just, it, it reminds me of the likes of like Lou Amundsen. You know, yep. for those Suns fans who remember the gazelle, somebody who just like they, the, the hustle, the amount of dedication to just being as engaged as possible on every play that the balls around them. I mean, he was just fantastic this evening. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up perfectly. And it's it just shows, again, how deep this team is. And we, we need it. You know, even if we are fully healthy, which I might want to talk later about the league. I feel like every team is not healthy right now. We're going to yeah. need it. And if that's why we signed JaVale McGee to that one-year deal, which I think was a steal, by the Genius way, deal. then yeah, then that is exactly what we need. You know, and, and in all fairness, sometimes JaVale McGee does have a few wild card moments, but I'll take I'll it. Take it. I don't, I'll yeah, take it. I don't it. care, man. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I'll absolutely take it. And one of the reasons that he was allowed to be as effective as he was tonight is because, you know what? We got some sticks minutes. <laughs> sticks report. Yes, that was Bart Simpson's voice. The Sticks Report, a new segment here on the Suns Jam Session. Because you know what? He earned it tonight, my friend. 21, almost 22 minutes played, 7 points, uh, a total of 9 rebounds, 1 for 6 from deep. This is the one thing that I will talk about 
uh, that I was not a fan of. Mm -hmm. But I'll let you kind of bat lead off here. Tell me what you saw from Sticks. You know, he must have been he I, I don't know what practices look like, but he must be working with JaVale McGee a lot because what I saw was a little like a 99 cent version of what JaVale McGee was tonight. Just active on the boards, you know, uh, even though his three was pretty bad tonight, you know, taking threes, playing with confidence, really. I mean, I think he had yes. Chris Paul had that beautiful assist to him and he had that wide open dunk. And again, like I, I mean, this is a good thing. He had. Uh, I, I just forgot his minutes right now. 22 minutes 22. tonight, but they must have felt like 42 minutes. And I really hope he gets more minutes next game because he deserves it after tonight. And Monty Williams might need to trust in Jalen Smith a little bit more, especially if we're down and out in bodies and everything. But this has to be a great night for Jalen Smith. I really hope Monty Williams plays him more. I'm not saying if we play Jalen Smith throughout the rest of the season consistently that we're going to win the championship, but just give the dude some minutes. You got nothing to lose. Well, especially on nights like tonight, when you have two of your centers uh, in Frank Kaminsky and Deandre Ayton aren't available to play. I mean, that mm -hmm. that's kind of what he's here for uh, his 22 minutes tonight are his second most minutes played in his career. Uh, if you recall, he played 40 minutes against the San Antonio Spurs in the last game of the season last season. So, you know, you, Etuan you Moore game winner, by the way. Yeah, exactly. The Etuan Moore. <laughs> wow. God, your memory's fantastic. I remember where I was for that game. I was in uh, Laughlin. So I was with there with the family and me and Matthew were doing podcasts then. I, wherever I'm at, I don't care if I'm on freaking vacation. I'm still doing podcasts. Uh, but, you know, here's what's interesting about Jalen Smith. And I made this point on I, it was either our last podcast or two podcasts ago. And I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun about how maybe, you know, as I was making the case for Thaddeus Young. I was like, maybe, you know, obviously the, the, the Phoenix Suns know something we don't exactly. when it comes to Jalen Smith. And maybe he's more valuable not playing than playing. Because in my opinion, that's the only reason we have not seen his minutes uh, come to fruition at all throughout his entire career. You know, and, and especially in, in this year, his second year, because he hit all those proper milestones that he should have this past offseason, his first true offseason as a pro. He had a fantastic summer league. He played great in the preseason. The regular season comes around and it's crickets. And you're getting a lot of Nader and, you know, obviously Nader's been hurt, but now Ish Wainwright's been absorbing those minutes. And I get it. Those are both smaller players. They're more wing centric players, six, six, but you could move Cam Johnson into those minutes, maybe get sticks. More. I just, I think, I think that the Suns, there's nothing to lose when it comes to Smith because either you get minutes and he's productive or you get minutes and I guess he's not productive, but that's the other side. That's that that's the devil's edge because if he's not productive, he his trade value drops. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. So looking at how he performed in this game, you know, where you whereas you think that he kind of maybe he's been practicing with Javale McGee. For me, just a theory. <laughs> I well, I got a theory. He looked like he was trying to emulate Jay Crowder tonight. Okay, that's who I think. I know that Jay mm -hmm. Crowder's made comments in the past relative to it's his job to take care of the, you know, take care of sticks. You know, he's he's the guy who's trying to teach him the ropes, if you will. And looking into the body language, this is where my, my buddy Matthew always, you know, he's telling me he's watching the bench the whole time. Like every time I'm watching the game, like, do you see that three? He's like, no, man, I was watching the bench. <laughs> well, but those they, guys sit there. No, just kidding. Yeah, he's like, did you see them sit there? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, Matthew. But there's the play, the, the, the slam dunk, right? The yep. first guy to congratulate him, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. Okay. Uh, there was, he hit a, you hit a, uh, or I'm sorry, sticks hit that three, his first three and only three. Yeah. It was Jay Crowder who was the first one to dap him up again. And you saw him kind of shooting that three, and it was almost <clears> like <throat> he was trying to emulate Jay out there. So uh, I will say that I was impressed with his defense, especially early. His first defensive possession, you know, he played some solid physical defense. Uh, he had a good, sh he had some good shot deterrence tonight. You know, again, looking at his his final box score, I don't know if he recorded a block. He had two blocks, two blocks for yep. sticks, bro. That's what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. That's what you want to see from him, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of glad you brought up the blocks because uh, someone pointed out to me that the Suns are actually 28th in the league right now in blocks per game. Uh, not feel right. Not, yeah, exactly. And, you know, Chris Paul had two blocks tonight. I can't believe I'm reading that, which is crazy. Jamal McGee had two blocks tonight. And, again, it's just all about activity. It's all about him just uh, being aggressive. And and I would want Jay Crowder as a mentor if I was Amen. a rookie in the NBA. Like, 
And by the way, Jay Crowder had a really good game tonight, in my opinion. So, yeah. And, and you might be right. Maybe the less minutes sometimes for Jalen Smith is good because it does hurt his trade value if he does have a bad game. But uh, my opinion, he's still got nothing to lose. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I think Jay Crowder has done a, a great job in terms of just being a veteran for a lot of these guys. And I do remember reading that. that he said that he's kind of been a veteran for Jalen Smith and took him under his wing, if you will. And mm-hmm. good for him. I mean, Guys are celebrating. It's not just Jay Crowder. I've seen it before. Guys celebrate Jalen Smith a lot, and that's Absolutely. good. That's got to feel good for Jalen Smith. Well, and again, and, and <clears throat> to your point a little bit earlier, one, one of the biggest things that I saw from Jalen Smith tonight was his confidence. He looks confident. And that's why I had talked about in previous podcasts the importance of him having that great summer league, the importance of him having that great preseason, because it's those things that are going to – develop confidence in a player and we know that if you have confidence you will excel it's almost like like pcp you know you take pcp you think you can lift up cars and throw them around like you're the incredible hulk you know confidence for an nba player is everything and like you know a a baseball player like you're not confident the plate you ain't hitting but you could see him looking confident he was a part of that that run in the second quarter where he was playing with the starters that's when javel mcgee was getting that bulk of the rest was in that second quarter and and sticks was out there and he was playing really really well and he was playing a lot of minutes with cp3 and i think that that is unbelievably valuable because if you think about a lot of the jalen smith minutes throughout this season and last season throughout his entire NBA career how many of those minutes have actually been with Chris Paul right. he's generally coming in at the end of a game when they're when they're entering the bench or he's playing in a game that doesn't matter as we you know we mentioned against the San Antonio Spurs having a mentor like Chris Paul out with uh, on the court with him telling him things you know in between plays and then setting him up for that you know sticks jam those are the things that are really going to do assist with him I think the one the, the, there's two things. Well, well, thoughts real quick on Sticks playing with CP3, and I'll give him the two things that I, I'd like to see him do better. Yeah, I mean, first off, with Chris Paul, I don't care if he's having a horrible game or the best game ever. It, Chris Paul is on the court, and that's all that matters. He controls the game. It literally starts and ends with Chris Paul, and that's got to feel amazing for Jalen Smith. And even the newcomer, uh, Ish Wayne Wright, yeah. and just everybody on the team, Devin Booker, too, like, Anytime they're out there together, it's got to feel great because he is in control. He, you know, I'm not a big football guy, but he is the quarterback of this team, and it's been incredible. And that's kind of why I think it might be good for campaign too. We saw, we've seen a lot of campaign and uh, Chris Paul minutes throughout the season. I think that's going to be really good. And what was your second question? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just I wanted to kind of get your yeah. take on that. Then I want there. There's two things that I think obviously Sticks could have done better. And yeah, we're gonna spend a lot of time on Sticks because the Suns mm-hmm. won by 21, and we got to see Jalen Smith. We've been fucking waiting for this. Okay, we're Suns fans. <laughs> this is the Sticks episode. <laughs> yes, this is the Sticks episode. So uh, the two things, obviously, I don't like him taking all those shots, those mm-hmm. three pointers. You know, one for six from three. And if you go back and you watch those, like he's wide the fuck open. Like the Celtics want Probably nothing to do with them. Exactly. Yeah. Like those are the, those. Those are the opportunities that he needs to recognize. Hey, maybe I can attack the rim here. And again, confidence. Does he have the confidence to put the ball on the floor and try to attack and not draw an offensive foul from the opposition? Or can he drive and kick? I mean, those are things that he's working on. Obviously, he's just going to work on his shot right now. The other thing is he really needs to work on his screening. He is a very lazy screener. And that's something that DeAndre, you know, with Chris Paul as a mentor, has gotten unbelievably better at. And it's something that I think we almost take advantage now because in his rookie year and in his second year, DA was a lackadaisical screener. He would start setting the screen and he was so busy about rolling that he wouldn't actually set a screen and it just it it didn't work the way it should. And I saw that from Sticks. Yeah, and you're right. And you know. I will say this. Ever since we drafted Jalen Smith, it wasn't really the confidence thing that I was worried about. It was just him just developing into the player that I think most of us all know he can be one day. Um, But you're right. I mean, he definitely still has a lot to work on and confidence is great. But sometimes, you know, maybe the veterans of this league want you to have the confidence because they'll know you put up shots like that. And You know what? Let's be real. Jalen Smith is still kind of a rookie. Oh, you know, because doubt. <laughs> you talked about it earlier. Like this guy has had an unfair career so far. And again, we could spend hours on this. I mean, obviously with the pandemic, you know, no training, barely any training camp, no summer league, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. let's be real. This guy's still kind of a rookie learning his way, but you mentioned it playing with Chris Paul and just learning every, you know, the finals trip last year, it's got to do wonders for this guy. This guy has to have 
a little bit of higher IQ than most sophomores and rookies in this league because of the experience that he had last year with the sun. So, uh, you know, he still has a long way to go, unfortunately. And I hate to pick on the guy. I've, I've, oh, yeah. I feel like I've picked on him a lot in my live streams and in videos, but it's just these circumstances. And I, I know that you don't shy away from the truth. Unfortunately, it's just the truth. He still has a long way to go, but the guy is super talented. He seems really mature too. So mm -hmm. well, I hope again, that answers your question. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's not a question. It's a conversation. That's yeah, the beauty. Yeah. That's the beauty mm -hmm. of this, my friend, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of to your point, you know, he's, when you think about Jalen Smith, you just think of a kind of a laid back guy. And, and that's why he's meshed well with this team and has been able to kind of take his licks, if you will, sitting on the bench as, as long as he has. And then when he has an opportunity like tonight, you know, I, I'm, I'm pleased that he performed well. I think that's this, that's what this comes down to. And as some of the jamsters are saying in the chat, like, Hey, if we're talking about Jalen Smith this long, you know, it was a good night. So, uh, but again, I mentioned a little bit earlier, he was part of that second quarter, a second quarter that saw the Phoenix suns outscore, the Boston Celtics by a score of 32 to 15. Oof. And that's what really kind of set the team off, uh, you know, to a 21 point victory. And if you look at total points, the guy who had the most total points in that, uh, that second quarter was this guy. All I can say is sham. Wow. Sham. Wow. Landry Sham at eight points in that quarter, three of four shooting one of one from deep. Uh, he ends the night with a very, you know, with 10 points, you know, so he did it all in the second quarter. Yeah. You know, but but and, and four eleven from the field, you know, so it wasn't the greatest sham. Wow. Game, but it was a great sham quarter and it was a little microwave. And again, when you have Devin Booker out, who's your number one score and you have DeAndre Ayton out. Who is, is he? Who is, is he our number two or three score? DeAndre Ayton might be our second leading scorer, actually, if I got that correct. Yeah, let's see. Per Chris game, Paul's yeah. averaging only 14, and Bridges started Jesus. off the season averaging a lot of points, but Jesus, yeah, he might man. be our second leading scorer. He is. Scorer, he is. Which is Devin, crazy to think about. Our top know? two scores are out. Mm -hmm. We win by 21 points. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Damn. Wow, I just and, had you to... know, no, with all due respect to DeAndre Ayton, that's crazy that he's our second leading scorer, but I'll take it. I, you know, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As Long John Silver 85 says in the chat, he goes, A week ago, I was calling him <laughs> sham it, you know, because he was having a couple of those rough games. Yeah. And overall, he didn't have the like I said, he didn't have the greatest game, but he had a great mm -hmm. second quarter. And when you have your top two scores out, you need contributions along the way. You need spurts of players excelling. And when you look at a final box score like tonight and you see that seven of the Phoenix Suns scored in double digits, that's that's what you want. That's what you need. And Landry Shamit in that second quarter gave us a glimpse. And we're going to continue throughout the season. See these glimpses of what makes that Landry Shamit acquisition so beneficial for the Phoenix Suns is he is a microwave. Yep. Like think back to Langston Galloway, but somebody who's more versatile. And can give you more minutes than Langston eventually could. He can he can he can pour it in offensively, and he's been a pest and hustling on defense. I've been really impressed with him on that. both sides of the floor mm -hmm. this season, right? Yeah, it, he's actually surprised me with some of his just defensive efforts. Even if it leads to a foul, I'm like, man, this guy tries, and he can get up. You know, I remember there was a block earlier in the season that he had, and just the guy tries to play his best in both ways, and. You know, you, you said that you said the key word microwave and sure mm -hmm. the stat line isn't going to blow people away. And sometimes I overlook his performances game to game, but I always go back to, oh man, there was that stretch in the second or third quarter where he had like eight points or 10 points. We need that. And that's great for him. And we all know Monty Williams loves this guy and he's still a very young player. I think pe people might forget how young he is. And, you know, he comes from a really good Brooklyn Nets team last season and the guy's got a little bit of experience and, you are right. It is a microwave. And tonight, I felt like we had a lot of microwaves out there. Whether or not they put up the best stat lines is debatable. But we had, a, and I think a lot of our teams is scoring in double digits, like per game right now, which is great. It just shows how deep of a team we are. Landry Shamit, he was a guy that I felt at one point of the season, and I probably talked about this with Matt, was he kind of needed to get going. I feel like we've seen that as of late. And let him, let him keep shooting. Let him just keep having these games, and we're going to need him eventually to get 20 or something like that. So shout out to Landry Shamit. 
Yeah, I mean, keep shooting and and sh- and shoot. He did because outside of the second quarter, he shot one yeah. for seven. You know, mm-hmm. so again, four for eleven, I think, to end the game. So, yeah, but... to end the game. So I mean, that's you know, holistically, Whatever. there is opportunity for him to get better. Clearly, but he does have the talent to do so. And you know, again, if if that's what we can find to complain about in a twenty-one point victory exactly. is outside of the second quarter. In the first, third, and fourth quarters, Landry Shamit shot one for seven. Uh, we're having a good night. Um, another guy who played fantastic and, you know, kind of wasn't necessarily a microwave because he had his scoring spread throughout the game, but did a fantastic job coming off the bench. Lights, Cameron, action. We literally like have a drop for every player on the team now at this point, you know, it's just, I get bored and so I make drops and such, but uh shout out to at Scott Lacey, one of our loyal jamsters. He actually made that one for us. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, but a, a great night again by Cam Johnson. <clears throat> You know, he ends the night with a total of 16 points off the bench, five for nine shooting. And what's funny is like between him and Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges had 14 points. They both went five of nine from the field, but he went four for seven from deep. And I love that Cameron Johnson is kind of hitting that point where he's really starting to become automatic from three. He's 39.8% from three entering this game. So a game like tonight might put him over that 40 percent mark and like that's where you want him to live you want like every great team needs like that one or two players who can shoot between you know like 40 and 42 percent that's the golden state landry Landry shamit devin booker devin booker Mm -hmm. shooting 40 percent from three Mm -hmm. this year so you know that that's what every team needs and cam johnson has really started to find his rhythm and get to uh just just hit those threes i mean he hit he's hitting them deep he's hitting them in the corner he's hitting them all over the court now and that's a, that's a something that again you always kind of keep your eye on and when it clicks like it does tonight it's a great night for the phoenix suns and you know what shameless plug here i i made a phoenix suns news video because there wasn't really much to talk yeah. about but he was the big topic of that video i said cam johnson is improving and i meant that in a good way he you know how he started the season it was not good his shot looked off He didn't look like the same Cam Johnson that we saw in the finals or in the playoffs, but you're right. He's starting to shoot with confidence and it doesn't matter if he's contested or he's wide open. It's going in four for seven. Ain't bad. And some of those, some of those threes were just like, you know what? This game's getting a little close. Let's just put it a little bit further away. And you're just shooting with confidence. And, you know, I mentioned this with Landry Shamit. I mean, I I think Cam Johnson is a much better defender than Landry Shamit, but Cam Johnson just continues to show how good of a defender he is. And sometimes it gets overlooked, you know, with Mikhail Bridges being, you know, Mikhail Bridges is an all NBA defender, but Cam Johnson is, it's not like he really does anything spectacular. He's just in the face of the players. He can test shots. He uses his body. And one thing he's gotten really good at is when he steals the ball, he'll just take it himself and he'll go up for a PJ Tucker, you know, dunk and, I, I cannot applaud Cam Johnson. There's just been something about this guy that ever since we drafted him, I was like, this was the good pick. And you know well, how criticized we were for that pick. And well, Cam and Johnson, I, man. I think that, you know, the, the criticism for that pick only fortified our affection for him as a player more. Exactly. You know, like everybody in the league thought it was boneheaded. I know that the night of the draft happened, you know, I was hanging out with Matthew and we were both kind of, looking at each other we're like I was shocked too am <laughs> who right you know but after we got over that initial thing you started to watch some of the mm-hmm. videos you saw that this guy was an elite three point shooter and that was when we kind of started the narrative with James Jones it's like listen when this guy goes to a draft he got he tries to a guy to draft a guy with one elite skill He's not looking for the guy who can do five things great. He's looking for the one elite skill. And and when you look at Jalen Smith for example, it's rebounding. That's his elite skill. He is a rebounder. Okay? But a rebounder isn't necessarily as productive or needed right now as it is like three point shooting. So as time has gone on, as we've watched Cam Johnson, as he's fulfilled those expectations that we had for him, that no one else had for him, but we had for him. And now is to your point, he's playing defense and and he's playing defense physically. And that's what I love about this team. I was talking with somebody. I was talking with one of my good buddies, Al Gaudet out there in Delaware. uh, One of my old (laughs) army buddies, Delaware. He's in (laughs) Delaware. And uh, I was talking to him and and he calls me every now and then. And we have, you know, NBA conversations and whatnot. And that's one thing that I was talking about is so great about this Phoenix Suns team is not only they a great defensive team, 
but they're a, a team that's being allowed to play defense this year because of the rule changes. And you're seeing that consistently. Thank you, NBA. Yeah, thank you. Seriously, <laughs> 25 games into the season, the Phoenix Suns are allowed to play defense. And people like Cam Johnson, although the national media and even you know a lot of really good Suns fans, they're not going to recognize how great a defense he plays. But you think about it. If you have Mikhail Bridges out there pestering your guys, you know, for however many minutes he's playing, and then Cam Johnson comes in and he's pestering guys right behind him, there's that sustained defensive attack all game long, at least from our three that are very switchable guys. And it's just, again, it's lights, camera, and action. Another great performance by him. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, he's just been incredible. And and the way I like to think of it is you're obviously playing with a great defender, Mikhail Bridges, but also Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, He's got to have learned stuff over the years. And some this defense is something that, in my opinion, maybe I missed it at North Carolina, but I don't know if he had that coming into the NBA. And it's just so I don't know good if he see, needed man. it at North Carolina, yeah, exactly. you know? Mm-hmm. And because so much of the college game, like the college game is so different than the pros. Oh, yeah. uh, I'll ask you this, Brandon. Do you watch college basketball? No. I don't <laughs> at all. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't I'm too at all. devoted to the NBA. That's why I don't watch football or baseball. Just too focused on the NBA. But well, I definitely watch football. Uh, yeah. I watch college football sporadically, not as much as I used to. And baseball is really fall, taking a back seat. The older I get, the less I'm entertained by it. Right. But college basketball to me, it's just boring. Yeah. It's such a, and I get why people like it, you know, so yeah. to each its own. I'm not saying the like, atmosphere is like great. You know, the atm- like the atmosphere is great. Uh, the coaching is great. Because that's what it is. Fun. Well, yeah, that's that's when I'll start watching is when I fuck up my bracket because I don't know anything that's going on because I don't watch it. But it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of very schematical basketball, you know, high pick roll, you know, double screen roll, you know, and zone just, defense, it, zone defense. Yeah. It, it's doing all these things that teach these basketball players fundamentals of basketball. And when you play it like a North Carolina, like Cam Johnson did now, he played at Pitt first, but he transferred to North yep. Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're one of those teams that. Because of the talent that's on that team, you can get away with a lot of different things. Sorry. What's going? What's going on? Do we have an emergency? Some crazy weather over here. Where you, my lights flickered at one point. I got oh, scared. Man. So if, if we get, get cut off, I'll just go live on my phone. There you, you go. <laughs> but you know, just to finish that point, at North Carolina, there's so much other talent around you. You don't need to display a huge affinity for defense. But it's something that being a part of this team has taught him, and therefore we're we're seeing the fruits of that kind of nightly with the way that Cam Johnson plays. Uh, you were, we, we talked a little bit about Mikhail Bridges, you know, again, end of the night with 14 points of five and nine shooting uh, two for two from deep, which I felt were some really key threes early in the game. So smooth, so smooth. After Jason Tatum hit a three, he just go back and hit him. But here's what's interesting. I did a little research and I'll tell you one thing. It's really hard to see how many technical fouls a player accrues. You can't go to basketball reference and look up their technical fouls. You can't go to NBA.com and look up their technical fouls. You can't go to CBS, Yahoo, anywhere. Because there's so many. <laughs> they, they they just they don't have as a trackable stat. And I think mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. But I did do some research. I went to a to a website, and that website is teamrankings.com. Mm. If you go to teamrankings.com, you can actually find technical fouls. Did you know that tonight was Mikhail Bridges' first ever career technical foul? It sure seemed like it, didn't it? Because yes. I don't know if I've ever seen Mikael Bridges talk like that ever in a game. He's been in the league, what, three, four years? So that was a little weird. Yeah, it's it was the first time. And Monty mentioned it when they interviewed him at the end of the third quarter mm-hmm. that the the team was allowing their emotions to get the better of him. And you know that's yeah. the case. If it's Mikael Bridges. Case, yeah. A He's few a times this season, foul. yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. It's no, no, it's been the fine. it's been the case a few times that's this season, and that that comes with growth. That that's all I wanted to say. And again, that's one of those things that again, it's a good coaching moment because you you, yeah. you you just demolished the Boston Celtics, and it's got to kind of suck for a Celtics fan because they what what one and four on their West Coast swing. Ugh. Yeah, it's got to suck <clears> for them. But you demolish them, but. When Monty Williams is in the locker room tonight, you know what he's going to talk about? He's going to talk about that emotion, how to manage those emotions in those moments. Chris Paul got a technical foul. Jay Crowder got a dumb one. I didn't even know what happened on Jay Crowder. I don't know what happened with that either. You know, that was just kind of an interesting one. But uh, but let's talk about the Celtics a little bit. You know, uh, obviously, Jason Tatum, eighth in the league in scoring, 12 of the Celtics' first 16 points and ended the night with a total of 24 points on 10 for 25 shooting one for seven from deep. What are your thoughts on Jason Tatum, Brandon? 
He's an all-star, but he's... You know, I just like how you started that. He's an all-star. He's an all-star, and he's a, I know he's a great scorer. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew he was going to be a good player when he dunked on LeBron. I will never forget that dunk. That was incredible. And you know what? He honestly seems like a really good person. He's got a great relationship with his son and all that. But uh, I, I don't know if it's more of Jason Tatum that I have a lot of question marks around or if it's this whole Boston Celtics team. And I could go on a long Boston Celtics rant, but they they got a lot of question marks. I mean, maybe they're a playoff team, but and, you know they are on a long road trip and they have players injured, but they had their second lowest uh, uh, second quarter tonight against us. Yeah, and, 15 points. And it didn't, again, I didn't really seem threatened by this game. And it just, you know, T- Jason Tatum, he is a star, but I don't know how much of a star is he. Is he like a Devin Booker star? I don't know about that, but uh, He's hopefully that answers, you know, the question and the he, topic. I, I so don't know. I'm going to let you go on that Celtics rant here in a minute yeah, just because yeah. I want to hear it. I uh, But, but <laughs> I will say this, and I think I said this on the last podcast when we previewed this game. Jason Tatum's a star for two reasons. One, you're right. He can score and he's allowed the opportunity to score. You know, he, he puts up a ton of shots. And again, I see a, a stat line like tonight, 10 for 25 for 24 points. Seemed like he faded after like maybe the second half. Yes. Like for second quarter. I don't know. He, I didn't don't remember what he did after that. You know? Yeah. He had a very, very solid first quarter. Yeah. As I mentioned, he had 12 of the first 16 and then he had 12 of the next 74. I know. I'm like, I don't remember if when he scored and how he did. I mean, he did have one really nice play on Jay Crowder and on Jalen Smith. But then after that, I don't know what he did tonight. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like, you know, one, he's a good scorer. And two, the NBA tells us that he's a great player. You know, he's, he's the guy who's getting the shoe deal. He's (laughs) the guy who's on the Gatorade commercials. He's the guy in the Nike commercials. He's the ordained one who is a dookie. You know, that means he went to Duke, not he's a piece of shit. But he's somebody who, you know, is is kind of the ordained one. And I've never been a huge fan of Jason Tatum uh, just because, again, I, I'm not a fan of unbelievably efficient players. Him and Donovan Mitchell are kind of in that same class to me where they're going to put up great. Uh, they're going to have some great nights because they are great scores. But the path to get to that great night is going to take a lot of shots. And I don't like that stuff because I like team basketball. Yep. And that's why I'm like so in love with this Suns team. It's like everything I've always loved in a basketball team is happening in my hometown now. And it's my Phoenix Suns. It's my purple and orange. And I just, I can't help but appreciate it. So uh, as Coda Kid said, you know, he might, he, he played like Dookie. So, but, 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 but tell me your thoughts on Boston real quick. I want to hear this. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what was weird about Jason Tatum tonight. And again, I know they're coming off of a long road trip and everything. And you know, he, he, he doesn't have help right now. Jalen Brown is out and Jalen Brown. I feel like I is really, Brown. I feel like he is a really overlooked player. And by the way, the work that that guy does off the court for the NBA is incredible, but yeah, he's going to be a Senator one day. I swear. Exactly. Uh, he went to Cal, by the way, and one of my friends covered him, and he said he's an incredible guy. But I guess my Boston Celtics rant is this, is, you know, <laughs> Brad Stevens got fired but then got promoted, and yes. Danny Ainge must have a lot of trust in him. And I just don't know what this team looks like. I mean, eventually you might have to make the decision on either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, which I would not want to be a front office member of the Celtics. And then I don't really know who else they have. I mean, Marcus Smart is a good player, but maybe he gets shipped to a contender. And, you know, you talked about Robert Williams earlier, who is a pretty good player. He's a freak. And I mean that as a compliment, but he's not somebody you'd like really build around like a Jared Allen in Cleveland or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and, you know, maybe they have a couple nice guys who I'm overlooking, but uh, I don't know what this is. Marcus Smart a good like. player, though. And like, I'm not judging this based on tonight. He went one for 13, had four points. It was 0 for five from deep. Marcus Smart had a horrible game. Yeah. But he's somebody, as I mentioned earlier, like when I was in Boston, like three or four weeks ago, I wanted to have a Marcus Smart conversation with local people because right. I just don't get it. Right. Okay. He's a guy who plays unbelievably physical. Great you know, defender. But, is he, though? Yeah. You know, like he's a, he's, a, he is. he's a pesky defender who's overly physical. Yeah. Right. And I don't know if that's him over hustling because he just doesn't necessarily have the talent. He's had some injuries and that slowed him down. And offensively, he's kind of garbage, you know, and yeah. that's again, not that that's me knowing basketball, just not watching tonight. So, you know, and again, I'm a big Bill Simmons guy. I listen to every Bill Simmons podcast. And, <laughs> you know, obviously I get I 
part of my view of Marcus Smart is through his eyes, a huge Boston right. Celtics fan. He's, yeah. And he's not a huge fan of Marcus Smart because of those reasons. And, right. you know, again, I, I've done this comparison with other players in the past, but like Eric Burns, who played baseball for the Dimebacks, which is a, a guy who just overhustled. He would he would throw the ball to the infield and he'd do a front flip. You know, everyone's like, oh, he's he's trying so hard. It's like, no, he's a fucking over hustler. Like, right. and again, Marcus Smart, like, I don't necessarily know if he's that good and definitely doesn't necessarily fit in this team. And neither do I, like I'm not a big Dennis Schroeder guy either. Uh, that, and that, I don't think that was a good acquisition either. And that's what I said about Marcus Smart. I'm like, maybe he needs to go to a contender where he has a lot of help and has experience and all that. And yeah, Dennis and be Schroeder, like a bench guy, right? You know, Dennis Schroeder, I'm not saying he's a bad person or anything, but like, I don't know what possessed him to say, I deserve a hundred million dollar contract. I'm not even joking. You can look that up. And then all of a sudden get a five, whatever 0.7 million dollar deal to the celtics which uh yeah he bet on himself and he lost yeah he must have been possessed by something and it, it was bad and yeah i've never been a big dennis Schroeder guy either and i remember i remember years ago tyson chandler like flexed on him and i took a picture of that <laughs> i will never forget that man that i don't know i don't know what made me think of that and i'm not trying to pick on dennis Schroeder or marcus no. smart i just my, my Listen, whole thing is we're, I, we're podcasters we're allowed to try to pick <laughs> there's just, it's not personal it, it's sports stuff there's just a lot of question marks around the celtics team and it's like again eventually they're gonna need to make a decision on tatum or jalen brown or somehow get a terrific point guard and keep those two which i don't know how they do that either so well precisely and again you know it's uh it's a team that definitely i think will make a move before the trade deadline or at the trade deadline uh, because as they mentioned coming into this broadcast, this team was 500 entering the the broadcast. They were the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference, and they're like three games out of the four seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how tight it is in the Eastern Conference right now. So it benefits them to do that. Uh, shout out to Parker Hines, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, go ahead and hit that join button. I uh, said smart is like Pat Bev, but you don't want to punch him in the face. I get that. I get, yeah, an over a guy who just hustles. And, and again, he, he's one of those guys who's like, if he's on your team, you love him for what he does. It's like Javon Carter. Javon Carter was a guy who was just like. Suns fans would probably like Marcus Smart. Yes, if he was one of ours, yeah, without a doubt. I, mm-hmm. I think, I definitely think that uh, we would enjoy watching him play. Um, Enos Cantor has changed his name to Enos Freedom. Is it wrong to say Freedom sucks? <laughs> um. No, he's. I, I feel like the Entis, excuse me, the Ennis Freedom era has passed, and he'll just be that guy on a playoff team and maybe give you some good minutes here and there and some good games here and there. But yeah, he's he's not that good. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> Fabio in the in the chat, he says, I think Schroeder played well as a six man for the Thunder. Uh, oh, I'll yeah. echo that. He played fantastic. The Chris Paul effect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was really funny. There was a moment in the game where you had Chris Paul and he was badgering one of the referees. And on the other side of the referee was Dennis Schroeder. And once Chris Paul kind of turned away to watch somebody, somebody was shooting a free throw. Dennis Schroeder went in on the ref. And then Chris Paul went back. And I, and I was thinking, like, <laughs> these guys were teammates two years ago. Yep. And yes, I think that Schroeder, what he learned under Chris Paul and how he performed as a member of that team. It was unbelievable. It was him, Shagel Alexander. Yeah, you're flickering over there, oh, man. Oh, that scared have, me. <laughs> what, what the, do you have like a tornado? Incoming? Yeah, it's like bad weather over here, man. Damn. I'm so I'm in Reno and it's just like 20. Let's see. According to my watch right now, it's 27 degrees outside. So it's fucking <laughs> enjoy <cold>. it. No, <laughs> oh, no. Like I, I said, if for some reason we get cut off, I'll just hop right on the phone. There you go. Appreciate that. <laughs> but again, Schroeder, fantastic with OKC. Uh, went to the Los Angeles Lakers, had a pretty decent regular season, had a horrible playoffs, in my opinion, against the Suns. The Suns kind of picked on him. And then he bet on himself, and he wanted that huge contract. And then he now he's playing for Boston. They're starting him. And I think that Schroeder coming off the bench is the perfect, uh, you know, as a six-man, is the perfect role for him, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if anybody would get the best out of a Dennis Schroeder, it probably was Chris Paul. And even I respected Dennis Schroeder for what he did with the Thunder and Again, you know, maybe the confidence in him said, oh, I deserve $100 million, but that's just outlandish. You're not even an all-star, dude. No. You haven't even sniffed an all-star appearance. So uh, that was just bizarre, and I don't know. But, yeah. It, it didn't work out for him. 
That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Boston losing. Uh, shout out to Sonia Lovato, one of our elite jamsters as well. She gave us $5 in the Super Chat. She said, early Christmas present. Don't spend it all at the same place. LOL. Let's go. Trust me. Super I Chats won't. are the best. Super <laughs> Chats. God bless you. God. And, you know, again, thank you to all the jamsters who are here hanging out with us after another Suns victory. All right. It's that time of the podcast where we're going to go ahead and ask everybody who's watching along live to go ahead and comment in the chat and let us know who they're. <laughs> Jam star of the game. And if you're listening, please subscribe, rate, and review. But again, if you're here, hit that subscribe button. We're so close to 2,000. I just want to hit that 2K. Subscribe. Sub it. So, Brandon, who are you going to give your jam star of the game to? JaVale McGee. It's got to be. But I, I like to do the honorable mentions during this segment. I mean, okay. we, we raved about Cam Johnson, and I, I was raving about Jay Crowder. But my jam star of the game, it's got to be JaVale McGee. Uh, this game would have looked a lot different if he was out tonight. That's all I got to say. Uh, but yeah, JaVale McGee. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of the Jamsters are agreeing with you in the chat. Mm-hmm. Let's pull some of these up. Sons in four gives it to JaVale. Uh, Westville gives it to JaVale. Let's see. Orzov Brew gives it to Miguel, uh, to JaVale and to CP3. We haven't really mentioned the point guard. I mean, we've, we've mentioned his leadership ability as per usual, but he ended the night with a total of 10 points and 12 assists, so he's going to maintain that league-best assist rate of over 10. And uh, it was great. That last two points he got, uh, it was just fantastic. You know, I just I, I had a feeling that he's going to go down, he's going to ISO, and he's going to get that because he wants that double-double. So I was going to say that, too, is like sometimes Chris Paul has, quote, quiet games, although they're not really quiet, and yeah. we still win, and it's just so great. Chris it, Paul's amazing. It reminds me of once upon a time, there used to be two pitchers in the in, who played for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that was Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. And you just got so used to their dominance that you didn't necessarily appreciate it. And I think that that's something that you have to, you know, again, Chris Paul, 10 and 12, was dominant again tonight. You know, uh, well, we got our first sticks. Ronnie Wells, McGee, and sticks. Let's go. Let's see. JaVale McThree. We're getting, ooh, I like that too. JaVale McThree. Double O McGee from Matthew Joyce Entertainment. Uh, Sons Geek, the jam star. Yeah, yes, you thanks, are. Fabio. You are, Brandon. <laughs> Appreciate you showing Appreciate up here. <laughs> Jason Tatum's last three quarters. <laughs> He's like I said, like, I feel like after the first quarter, he vanished, like, in my opinion, except for that one nice move he had on Crowder. But yeah, he had that one nice move, and he yeah. had another one that, you know, in like the third, where, but he missed it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kareem McGee, he's getting a lot of that, you know, Javel Abdul Jabbar, you know, the boss man. So you said you were going to talk a little bit about Jay Crowder. Let's uh, let, let's talk a little bit about him. He ended the night with 16 points, six of 10 from the field, four of eight from deep and nine rebounds. Tell me what you saw from the boss man tonight. I just saw an experienced player who, you know, I feel like kind of the thing sometimes with Javel McGee is he's streaky, but tonight he was streaky in a good way and we needed it. And just his veteran experience and defense and just hitting shots when we needed it were huge. And I, I like a confidence Jay Crowder, you know, when he's confident out there, salsa dancing on people, you know, it's that's what I like to see. Cause you know, I think you've probably talked about it before. I've talked about it. Cam Johnson eventually might make the case to become a starter, but for right now, if Jay Crowder is going to have games like this. He deserves to stay in the starting lineup. So I don't know. I, I was just impressed with Jay Crowder because sometimes we need him, and then he puts up like a two-for-eight shooting night and vanishes <laughs> and doesn't play much of the fourth. You know what I mean? So, uh, No, it, it 100%. 100%. And I think that we're starting to see a little bit more consistency out of him, which is yeah. a dangerous thing to say because the moment he's consistent, then he'll go on like one of those mm-hmm. five-game cold spells. Mm-hmm. You know, but you, you look at how he's played. You know, obviously, uh, he ended the night, as I mentioned, with a total of 16 points. But, you know, his last game, he scored, what, 15 points or 19 points in the last game, 11 before that. He had five against Detroit, but that doesn't matter because it's Detroit. You know, 14 in the game before that, five against Brooklyn, uh, 11 against the Knicks. So, I mean, he's 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 more than often he's averaging 9.3 points right now. uh, And I bet you with this win, he'll he'll probably get up to 10, you know, but you're, you're just starting to see a lot of that consistency from him, which I absolutely love because, you know, again, that's your fifth scoring option on offense. And if he's getting double digits, like, good luck stopping us. So uh, let's see. What do we got up next here? What Up next, we have, what, the Clippers? Is that right? Clippers yes. At the Clippers on Monday. First game of a back-to-back against the Clippers and then the Trailblazers. So the Suns will be on the West Coast. Uh, 
Tell me your thoughts on on that game as we get, prepare for that, because I feel like the Clippers are starting to win some games, right? Well, first off, it's on NBA TV, which is awesome because we have so many national TV scheduled games, which is amazing. Probably Let's good go. for you, too, since you're on the road a lot. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Clippers, I feel like we might see them again in the playoffs. And Paul George, I feel like he deserves a lot of credit because he's doing everything he can without Kawhi Leonard, which obviously is not easy. But, you know, they got a team full of good players, and I think Ty Lue is a good coach, and they're going to be there. I'm not saying they're a contender, you know, like they probably were last year and years before, but they're going to be in the playoffs and they might have a chance, but we'll, we'll see them in the Western conference finals and beat them again. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that, but it'll be the warriors this time. We're going to have to exactly. go through them in like it's the gonna first be round. The warriors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But again, you know, entering this game, uh, they're, they're 14 and two and 12. I don't know if they played tonight, uh, which is good for fifth in the Western conference. They just beat Boston. So, I mean, like opponents, right. They beat him by three. We beat him by 21. You know, they've got Paul George, Paul George, as you mentioned, he's averaging 25 points a game uh, and in good fashion, too. I've always been a fan of him because he's one of those efficient guys. It's 25 points on 13.3 shot attempts, you know. A guy who just knows how to fill up the bucket. They got Reggie Jackson as their second overall score. Marcus Morris, uh, Luke Kennard coming off the bench, and uh, uh, Vita Zubak. And that'll be the mm-hmm. interesting thing coming into this game is the health of DeAndre Ayton. Yep. Uh, he was out tonight with a non-COVID illness. So Thank hopefully, God. yeah, exactly. Thank God. Hopefully <clears> it's just a couple de- nights off, you know, and, and I think that this team is going to perform well. I, I think it's going to be a win. I just, I think every game right yeah. now against, mm-hmm. you know, for the Suns is going to be a win. So um, but again, they're, they're a team that will be in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. And I wouldn't doubt it if they get in as a six seed and we see them probably, it'll probably be a second round matchup is my guess. Yeah. I, I think they'd probably get to the second round. And I was going to kind of talk about this real quickly too, is I don't know how the NBA is going to look for a few weeks. Obviously we're post Thanksgiving. So unfortunately, a lot of players are in health and safety protocols and all that. Obviously the, it feels like the entire league is injured. So I'm literally praying that we stay healthy. But um, I just think post Christmas and maybe even post New Year's, there might be a lot of players out with health and safety protocols. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. A lot of teams might have a lot of weird records, maybe some bad losses here and there. But, uh, you know, that makes yeah. it more interesting, makes, makes it more fun. Well, that brings us to this segment. Thoughts. Um, brains. So this is the segment where we talk about things that are going on in the NBA that might affect the Suns or might not. And I thought it was very interesting you brought up that point because I feel like every time I, you know, I, I get a Twitter notification, I have Shams and I've got uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, kind of those, those are my, t- and Me the too. Phoenix Suns. Those are like my, my, <laughs> my only Twitter notifications. Like if something happens, I want to know about it. It's just like when the Suns, you know, if it has to do with the Suns, you're going to make a video about it. It's the same kind of concept, you know, it's like, that's where you go for that content. And I see it all the time. It's like COVID health and safety protocols, health and safety protocols, the GM, this guy, that guy, like what the hell's going on? We're like three years into this thing. It feels like it, it, it certainly feels that way. It's somebody brought this up and I thought it was a really good point. I'm not saying this is like the excuse for the recent surge and players being out with health and safety protocols, but apparently, you know, players might be taking booster shots now. Maybe they're feeling the effects from that. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I heard that and I was like, yeah, that's a smart point. And, but again, I mean, the league is weird and, and thank God DeAndre Ayton's out with a non COVID illness. Yeah, I, I try to remind people you can still get sick without having COVID, but uh, it's just weird. It's just a weird time for the league. And, but again, I think it makes things more interesting, you know, and I, I, I do, I would use the in injury excuse, but at the same time, I'm like, you, you're going to show how good of a team you are playing without your best players. So I pray to God that we are healthy throughout the rest of the season. I'll tell but, you what, uh, we just played without our two top scores mm-hmm. and we just waxed a team. But I think it's a very good point that you bring up. And I know a couple people in my life who took the booster shot and mm-hmm. they were down for a week, dude. Exactly. Like, like the first one was one thing, you know, but the booster was a whole nother thing. So, you know, again, this is why it's kind of why I'm scared to get the booster. To be oh, you and me both, man. Like I'm going to get it, but like I'm traveling yeah. so much right now. Like I'm going to wait till I know I'm going to be in Phoenix for a prolonged period of time exactly. because so I could take some time off because I need it, you know, but uh, uh, I think that this is why it's so important. The start that the Phoenix Suns have the fact that they're 21 and four, because who knows knocking on wood here, but at some point, it could be the sun's turn to have half the team out on health and safety protocols as they navigate this. 
And knowing that you have this buffer that you've already built is absolutely paramount. That's why games in October, November, December matter just as much as the ones they, that in February, March, and April. You know, so go out there every night, try to win, and again, good things will happen. And uh, you know, hopefully, as you said, that they hopefully they avoid it. Which is bizarre because it feels like we already have half of our team out. And I think that's actually a good thing about Monty Williams and how he was talking to basically our bench about poise and, you know, staying consistent and all that. And you even said it. He probably talked to them about that in the locker room. That's why I'm glad we had nights like tonight where, you know, Jalen Smith can have a huge game and our bench can have two players with 15 points or whatever and or 16, whatever the case may be. This was a good experience game tonight, I thought, for the Phoenix Suns because God forbid that happens. We're going to need it. And Big I time. pray, pray because I said this earlier about Chris Paul, even if he's on the court and he's having a terrible game, he is still on the court and he is in control. So fingers exactly. crossed, Suns fans, pray for our Suns. <laughs> yes. Amen. And play, pray for everyone in the NBA, too. I mean, I want mm-hmm. oh, it, yeah. it's, it's fun. It's bad right now. It's, yeah, it these is. guys need to get healthy. I'm, it's it's I'm the same thing this time last year, too. You know, and it was right before the season was beginning because the season mm-hmm. was getting ready to begin. A lot of shit was going on in other sports, too. So uh, last question I have for you, Brandon, before we get out of here tonight. Uh, where the hell did you get that hat? <laughs> so for, for those of you who are listening and not watching, <laughs> So what Suns Geek is rocking is he's got a hat that's got the old Phoenix Suns logo on it. I'm talking like the 1968 logo, and it says Suns, and it's got the sunburst around it. And it's a purple hat, and it's got stripes on it. And it's just it's it, it's a trucker-style hat with orange in the back. It's purple in the front with black and orange. It's just beautiful. It's a sick, beautiful hat. <laughs> and I'm a bald guy, so I rock hats. I've got you know hats. That's over why here. I'm not taking off the hat right you know? now. I don't I mean, want to show I'm, you what's under this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a hat wearing guy. You too. And I got <clears throat> like, do you know where you got that thing? I want that hat. You know, I feel bad because I recently did a Q and A thing, and some one of my fans was like, "What was the first Phoenix Suns thing you bought?" I'm like, "Dude, I have no clue. Like, what was the last Phoenix Suns thing I bought?" But like, my point being is, if I remember correctly, maybe it was at Lids or Hat Club, which, by the way, sponsor us because we're big hat guys. I've yes. done a video on my channel of all the Suns hats that I have. But oh, it's man, a great I, hat. It's comfortable. It is a trucker style hat. I love those though. It's they breathe beautiful. in the back, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, that vintage Suns logo. They need to bring this Suns logo back. Everybody talks about the Sunburst, and that's yeah. great and everything. I want to see this logo come back. Maybe I'm an old head no, for no, saying so, that, but I no, love it. I, I love the original, the the Western mm-hmm. font, all that. So I'm a big Just Sports guy. Shout out Me to too. Just Sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they help sponsor the show. If You know, it's Christmas time. If you want to go to just shop Just Sports dot com and you put in suns jam and the promo code you get 15 percent off just by being a jamster and by and listening let's go uh, but i recently i got the 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 shorts uh the old wild or western font purple mm-hmm. shorts I with the yeah i got those because mm-hmm. i just i think it's beautiful and like i've got to find that hat man that's a good one again if i see it online somehow by a miracle i will send me that send link. it to you and seriously guys if you have the money if you have the funds Get the Phoenix Sun stuff while it's here because obviously we're a good team now. So this merchandise won't be a lot around long. And this, I wish I had those shorts. I slept on those shorts that you're talking about. Yeah. Do you remember the All Star ones that they came out with? Yes. I, I was stupid and passed up on those. I was like, oh, they'll be around. Nope, sold nope. out. And that's the problem. Like that hat you have, I guarantee you I can't find it because it's yeah, like it's, it's a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have. Uh, uh, one of the Arizona Cardinal draft hats, you know, that says like rise up red sea and somebody right. wanted, I'm like, dude, they, they made them that year. Like that was yep. it, you know? Exactly. So, and honestly, I love that kind of merch. I like Me collecting too. the merch that it's like, Hey, this is just here for now. And then it's gone forever. Yep. Unless you like, you know, <laughs> make your own copy. Somehow. Or you go to eBay and somebody's selling on there and it's the wrong size. Exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess on that note, we're going to end this edition of the sun's <clears throat> jam session podcast. Again, thank you to sun's geek for joining us and talking about it in this post game pod. Uh, Brandon, tell everybody where they can follow you, my friend. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I cannot thank you guys enough for having me back on anytime you guys need me, just hit me up. I'd love to be on the show as much as possible. You guys are awesome. Uh, yeah, if you guys are a first time, if you guys are you know watching me for the first time, you want to check out my channel, it is Suns Geek. You can follow me anywhere on social media. Just search Suns Geek and you will find me. You know, I, I make I, I try to make as many post-game live streams as I can, but I talk about Phoenix Suns news. Uh, you name it. I just made a video, a story video on the newest Phoenix Suns member, Ish Wayne Wright. And uh, I just love doing Phoenix Suns videos. I've been doing it for years. 
And if you guys would please subscribe or just check out one of my videos, they would really help tremendously. So, and once again, shout out to you guys. You guys are putting in the work. You're almost at 2,000 subscribers, and you deserve each and every single one. So uh, we thank appreciate you, man. that. No, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Very humbled by that. And again, you know, if you want one of our business cards, you know, we we carry them around. Next so. time I'm in Phoenix, man, I'm gonna have to get a few of those. <laughs> hell you. yeah, hell yeah. We'll go to a game together, man. That'll be hell yeah. So uh, again, <laughs> hell yeah. Why not? Then do a podcast. Then yeah, exactly. Matthew and I were doing them from Las Vegas. Then so you'll I mean, really hear me rant about the other teams and go like, off on. Let bad me tell players. you about the Celtics, man. Back in. My <laughs> and uh jamsters you know you can follow the show at sun's jam on twitter you can follow me at darth voida you can follow my other cohort in crime matthew at matthew lissy we are the best post game pod on planet orange so make sure you subscribe rate and review if you're listening and subscribe here on youtube and if you're listening go to youtube and give us a sub as well uh, on that note we'll see you monday night after the suns beat those los angeles clippers uh until then as matthew would say Go home and love your families. Nailed it, dude. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you again.